Guess what, everyone? It's season two. Thank you so much for being part of the Spillet journey with me and tuning in to the Spillet podcast. Spillet is a show where I get to speak to inspirational people and share inspirational stories to connect people together, inspire people, and everybody should be learning something new. Spillet is filmed live every Wednesday at 7pm over on Facebook, YouTube and Twitch. Viewers are able to be part of the conversation by joining in and leaving comments as part of the live streams. For more information on Spillet, to find the links for the live shows, find upcoming episodes and guests to be part of the show, or to support me by joining the official Spillet Patreon or get yourself some merch, head over to the Spillet website at www.spillit.uk. Hello, welcome to Spill It. This is a show where I get to speak to inspirational people and share some amazingly inspirational stories. My name is Marcus and I'm going to be keeping you company for the next five to ten minutes or so until our special guest arrives for the evening. It is so nice to see you all. Come and say hi, come and say hello, drop a comment, etc. This is a show where I get to uh, connect people together, inspire others, and help people learn something new. We obviously want to connect people together, we, you know, because we've been through a really tough time recently, haven't we? And not only that, like even after the tough times, we are able to connect together in this little safe space that we have created here at Spill It. And also, the, we'd like to inspire people through inspirational stories. And obviously, everybody should be learning something new. This episode is no different. This is episode 64. We are doing a Pride Month throughout the whole of September. And this specific Specific episode, we are talking about HIV and AIDS because it's a conversation that needs to happen. Let's be honest. When we talk, when we think about the LGBTQ plus community, we think about pride. These are subjects that we don't necessarily talk about. So I wanted to talk about this today. And what better guest than the fabulously amazing Daniel Franzesi, who will be joining us at 7 10 p.m. So make sure that you stay tuned. For that. It's going to be a good one. I cannot wait. If you haven't checked out our other episodes yet, then you can do all you have to do is head over to the Spill It website at www.spillit.uk where you can catch up with all of the episodes that we have done on Spill It so far. You'll be able to catch up on all of the previous episodes, all previous 63 episodes, including the end of season one party that we filmed. So you had to watch all of those on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. And you'll also be able to listen to this via podcasting streaming methods, such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, and Audible, and more as well. Deborah Cade is joining us from Switzerland. Hi, Deborah. Thank you so much for joining. And I will catch you again from Arizona. When are you back in Arizona, Deborah? Um, you know, you've been in Switzerland for a good few weeks now, haven't you? Cheeky, cheeky. Let me know. Look, drop a comment. Let me know when you are back in Arizona. It's, uh, but I, as always, Deborah, it's really nice to see you dropping into the Spillet live shows. Okay. It is my new favorite part of this show, by the way. It is tea time, ladies and gentlemen, and all of us in between. <laughs>
That is right, ladies, gentlemen, thems, and friends. It is tea time. This is a section where I get to talk about any announcements that we've got coming up. But then also I get to choose something that I see on the internet and I think, let's 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 discuss that. Okay. Are you ready? I've got my first one. So I was on the interweb, the the brand new interweb, brand brand new interweb. Something that has never been discovered before. <laughs> uh, no, I was on the internet and I found an article uh, today. Actually, it was posted today about a creepy doll, and I really wanted to share it with you because I wanted to know what you guys would do in this situation. I think that obviously the guy that's that's talking about this creepy doll that he found uh, was correct. However, I don't know how I would handle it in that situation. I want you to know your opinion as well. So a homeowner was shocked to find a creepy rag doll and a chilling note hidden behind the wall in his new home. So this gentleman bought a house in Liverpool uh, when he decided to find out what was inside the space beneath the stairs that had been left boarded up. The primary school teacher started to bash through the wall and discovered the doll holding a spine-chilling note that claimed it had killed the previous owners. Lewis hasn't been put off by the alarming note and has found the incident hilarious. He told um, local papers that some of my friends have told me to put, the, my, put my house back on the market and move out immediately. And I'll be honest, I found the whole thing hilarious. I'd probably do the exact same. So he is obviously under the impression that this is just a joke and, you know, from the previous people who own the property, uh, they put the, the doll in. And obviously my opinion of it is, like, quite similar. Like, I've had the idea. So there's two things I thought of. Uh, one of which, obviously, I've followed through with for, for, like, many, many years. But the other thing is, I mean, I saw it on Facebook quite a few years ago over Halloween where somebody had bought, um, some of the skeleton pieces, you know, that you can buy in like the shops across Halloween, across the Halloween season, across spooky season. And they were, <laughs> they were making like a conservatory and they put like, they, they went to the shop and bought these skeleton bones. Uh, obviously the, 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 plastic ones put them into the ground and then like put the conservatory over it. It's like in years down the line. <laughs> In years to come, when somebody buys that property eventually, they they would and they wanted to dig it up. They would dig up and they would find these bones underneath the conservatory. And I just thought that was absolutely hilarious, and it's something that I would definitely, definitely do. Uh, one of the other things that I used to do was I used to sign my name. And uh, so I would uh, anywhere that I'd lived, I'd used to just sign my name somewhere in the house, like somewhere that was like unfindable if you will like you, you wouldn't know unless you actually went to go and look for it uh, and i used to do that and i don't know what it was i don't know why I, I did that for a bit but i used to just do stuff uh, stuff like that and um, let me know what your thoughts are what would you do amber has commented saying i'm out lol <laughs> so amber would not be in that house she'd be like nope nope i'm off see you later it's me done bye <laughs> What else would you guys do? Let me know in the comments. I'm sure that uh, our special guest this evening as well will have something to say about that. Now, moving on to my last bit of news for you. The website, so the Spillet website, uh, it will be updated. Um, so the Spillet website is being updated uh, currently as we speak. It is going to be... Um, because obviously, for those who know me, I do absolutely so much stuff. I teach dance. I do this. I am a life coach. There, there's there's loads of different things that I do. So what I'm wanting to, to do is kind of streamline everything onto that website. 
And so the Spillet website is going to be undergoing some changes, but it's all going to be because of this big umbrella of all about uh, a little bit of Marcus, a little bit of much. Um, so it's going to be like a little bit of, and it's going to be like a little bit of Spillet or a little bit of podcasting, a little bit of um, dance, a little bit of coaching. So it's going to be a little bit of. So yeah, the website is updating and I will of course let you guys know and you guys can feed back to me and let me know what you think of the brand new website. So yeah, that is my tea for this week's episode. Before we bring out my special guest for the evening, Amber Lauren has said, not a chance I'd burn the doll and the house down. <laughs> Don't blame you, Amber. I'd probably be in the same boat, to be fair. Deborah, it's Carolyn's birthday. It is Carolyn's birthday today. So a massive spell. Spill it. Happy birthday, Carolyn. It, you are an amazing human being. Thank you so much for being part of the life and part of the teacup community. You're amazing. You are loved. Uh, so yeah, I hope you've had a brilliant day, Carolyn. Thank you so much. And last two comments from Jay Pearson. I'd put a vial of blood in the foundations, not my new house. Um, my, not my new house extension. I'd, I wish I'd done that now. <laughs> um, I should have put a vial of blood of foundations. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got, I got that. You are grim, Jay, but we love you. <laughs> okay, I've told your ears off for the last ten minutes. It's time to bring out my special guest now you may know him you may have seen him around <laughs> i have to say the quote i have to uh, he doesn't even go here <laughs> but <laughs> i had to say i'm sorry i had to say it uh, he does tonight though he is coming here tonight it is my special guest for this evening it is the fabulously amazing Danny Franzesi. Hello. Hello, everybody. It's so great to be How here. How are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming on to this little show of mine as well to say hello. I'm here to spill it. Yes, you are indeed. <laughs> uh, Jay is excited to see you, and Amber has just echoed what I said. He doesn't even go here, but you do today. You are here with us today, and I just want to say a massive thank you for uh, coming along to this show. Now, are you ready to play a little game with me? Let's do it. Let's do it. It is this or that. <laughs> That's right. It is this or that. This is a game that I play. It's a brand new game. This launched last week. This is a game that I play with all of my guests now. Just a bit of an icebreaker game, just where we can find out a little bit more about you. So you, I will say two things and you choose either one or the other. It's as simple as that. And I'll ask you 10 of them. Are you ready? Let's do it. Let's do it. So your first one is comedy or horror? Comedy. Comedy. Nice. Yeah, I can get that. <laughs> but I love uh, horror. Hey <laughs> I do horror movies, though. So mm -hmm. uh, paper or plastic? Uh, paper. Okay. Let's do boat or plane? Boat. Mm, nice. Sailing anywhere good? I love to be on the water. I mean, right now I'm in Florida. I live that salt life, they call it here, where it's like we love to be in the boat. Get me in the boat. Get me in a river. Get me in a pool. Just put me in the water. <laughs> 
<laughs> love it. Absolutely love it. Guys in the comments as well, whilst you are watching this, feel free to play along. I want to know where you, what you guys will be choosing, either this or that as well. Keep those comments rolling through. Next one, painting or drawing? Uh, paint. I actually do watercolor. I love doing that. Oh, do you? Mm -hmm. Oh, nice. I'm not like amazing or anything. I'm just an amateur. I did a hobbyist, but I enjoy it. Oh, well, uh, as long as you're enjoying it, that's, that's the main thing, isn't it? So. <laughs> Reading or writing? I read more than I write, even though I probably should be writing more. What would you write if you were uh, writing something? I need to write more jokes. <laughs> I'm this <laughs> every day, but um, it's I find it tedious. Whereas, like reading, I love. Yeah, I get that. Singing or dancing? Uh, singing, uh, but not because I love to dance. I love to let loose and dance. But I think. I'm a more structured trained singer than I am a trained dancer. Okay, cool. T-shirts or shirts? Tees. I'm mm -hmm. all about peace and good vibes and just chilling out. Pete hoodies. <laughs> Flowers or trees? Oh, I love trees. I love, yeah, I love trees as well. I, I prefer trees over flowers. I think flowers just die like very, very quickly. And it's like, whereas the tree can kind of, there's a lot of, I don't know, a lot of history. I think, I think in my head, trees have a bigger story. So okay, there you go. Spiritual. <laughs> uh, what was that? Sorry, this girl's deep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, phone or computer? Uh, texting on the phone. I don't like to talk on the phone. I like to text. Okay, okay. But I just got a text right now. <laughs> uh, brown hair or black hair? Uh, <clears throat> I like black hair. Black hair, okay. Uh, your last one, this is going to be a controversial one. Marvel or DC? Uh, whatever, Marvel, I guess, because the X-Men. <laughs> there you go, yep. <laughs> X-Men, <laughs> definitely, 100%. And that was This or That. <laughs> Brilliant. So that was this or that. Did you have fun with that one? Yeah. Fun well, I think we got. I think we got choice. to know a little bit more about you. So this or that, like fun. What's my other choice? Did I have fun or what? <laughs> <laughs> was it fun or was it just meh? Fun. I'll give you there fun. we go. That's what I like to hear. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna ask a question that I shouldn't really have to ask, but we're gonna have to ask it anyway because you know who doesn't know you. But for those people who might not know who you are. Who is Danny Franzesi? Beautiful inside and out. Yes. I um that's just what I want people to say at my funeral. <laughs> um, I um am a actor, comedian, activist. Nice. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what else do you want to know about me? <clears throat> okay, actor, comedian, and activist. Uh, we are going to touch on all three of those things, I think. And obviously, we're going to end up with uh, what we are here to talk about because we are running uh, LGBTQ plus Pride Month here at Spillet. And there is a reason why I've got you on here. And it's not just because of the fact that you are one of the most fabulous people I have ever had the chance to see on the big screen. Uh, but, the, you know, we are wanting to talk about uh, your Activision. Uh, Activision? That's the wrong thing altogether. Uh, activist work. Uh, with regards to HIV and AIDS. 
Yes, well, I was on the TV show Looking on HBO. I believe it played somewhere else uh, in the UK. Uh, but um, on the on the show, I played an HIV positive character. And the creators of the show told me that he was never going to get sick. He was always going to be celebrated for how he handles it. And um, I learned a lot about the state we are uh, with today's age of prevention and treatment. And I became an ambassador for the Elizabeth Taylor AIDS Foundation. And even though the show's over for a few years now, I still um, continue with my work in Washington with them and other organizations until the disease is eradicated. That's beautiful. And I said from the top as well, that when we discuss about LGBTQ plus Pride Month, uh, even like, like here in the UK, and I'm pretty sure it's the same over in the US as well, there's a lot of companies, for example, that'll jump on uh, Pride Month and they'll change the logos to the rainbows. And then they start talking about things like, oh, you know, this is how, you know, this is where Pride started and all that. And I think what, what doesn't get discussed enough is uh, HIV and AIDS and living with that. And there's also the portrayal within media that is such a negative thing and then obviously it's such a shock to the system and that basically you're like a ticking time bomb, if you will. And I'm just wanting to do like a bit of a deep dive into that as well with regards to the media portrayal of HIV. I think there is a stigma associated uh, uh, rooted in just ignorance and prejudice um, regarding people who are H living with HIV. I think uh, people just are uneducated. It goes to, sh you know, we need a lot more. I mean, I don't know how it is in the UK, to be honest with you, but here we need more comprehensive sexual education for minors to like learn things. There's just not enough information out there. You know, um, right now the big topics of conversation are teaching LGBTQ history and critical race theory and becoming like a little more knowledgeable at a younger age. Uh, we live in the age of information with the internet, so there's really no excuse now. Um, but it's really hard for the youth to kind of get a grasp on a lot of what that means. So um, it's a lot just about re-educating. Plus, you know, I think we discovered with looking that there was a lack of storytelling at the time. Um, I was the only character on television with an HIV storyline within six years' time. Wow. It's Boya Rubin on ER. And so we helped push, uh, we meaning the Elizabeth Terry AIDS Foundation and GLAAD helped push this agenda with uh, MSNBC to sort of spread awareness to Hollywood that we need to be telling more stories and look what came out of it, how to get away with murder and pose. And I mean, we really got like a lot of these HIV storylines that weren't happening until looking sort of broke that barrier again. So being a part of that early movement of reinvigorating Hollywood in the fight against HIV and AIDS stigma and um, uh, antiquated laws and getting medicine to people who needed it and just all of those things, fundraising. It was a, a big national cause, world cause really, but national, for nationally, we lost attention after 9-11. Um, that was the year that celebrities stopped wearing red ribbons on the red carpets. Everyone was wearing ribbons for the survivors of, seven, of September 11th. And I just think, I mean, for the people who have fallen, but I do think that like uh, we um, we have come to like this, ter this term now, years later, where we're like, oh, we forgot this major topic. And ever since we found out about HIV and AIDS, the, the, the new infections always were going down since the day we found out what it was. And then um, ever since the story stopped being told on television, the, the, the infection started rising every year again. Because I think a lot of people, especially um, in more of the more conservative areas, rely on media and television and our stories in order to be visible and get the point across. Uh, 
more so than you're going to have to when you rely on a school that's a lot of time governed by religion or political uh, motivations. Definitely. You're completely right as well with with regards to the most recent TV shows slash films that have been coming out with the representation of uh, or the the focus on HIV as well through education. Um, I'm wanting to kind of touch on your part in looking and find out what you did as part of your research into the character, because that obviously steered you into this direction. So I just wanted to really talk about serendipitous, that. Really serendipitous. I, I had like what I say the best roommate I never had. My friend Ryan, and we're still friends. Uh, he lived across the hall from me. He wasn't my roommate. We just we were in each other's houses all the time, but we never had to live together. So it was awesome, you know. Like, and um, but every morning I would text, "Are you up yet?" And he'd be like, "Oh, I'm up." And then we'd have coffee before we started our day. And uh, he just stopped talking to me one time and I didn't talk to him for months and I didn't understand what happened. I spoke to him every day. And when I would see him, he'd be very grumpy in the hallway and he would just like run away from me or ignore me and be like, look, I'm really busy right now. And I'd be like, what did I do? And he's like, it's nothing to do with you. What is, you know, he would just like get like so upset. And finally I cornered him and he explained to me that he had um, become HIV positive and he wasn't taking care of himself or taking any medicines. And he became kind of like agoraphobic from it and like locked himself in his house. and. It was a very sad time. So I was like, how can I help him? I'm like, I have to know some way. There's got to be like a medicine company that will bring the medicine to the house. So I called up Quinn Tivy, who was Elizabeth Taylor's grandson. We had become friends through um, <clears throat> another mutual friend that he had gone to college with and I had done some comedy with. And we had um, met at parties and stuff. And he had once asked me, he said, you know, my grandmother, and he had revealed to me that Elizabeth Taylor was his grandmother because I didn't even know. And he was like, my grandmother had done a lot with Amphar and they're doing this benefit. We need like sort of a band. Do you know anyone who's in a band? And at the time I didn't really have any current connections that I could help out with. I was like, but I'd love to help out in some other way. And so I always had this lingering thought in my head that if there was some way that I could help Amphar I would, or whatever, I'd love to help. And then uh, when I found out this situation with my friend, Ryan, I called up Quinn who lives in Brooklyn. And I was like, Hey, do you think you could help me with this? He needs to get medicine. He goes, it's so funny you're calling me. He's like, because I'm in town today and I'm in town because I'm going to meet the brand new managing director of the Elizabeth Taylor AIDS Foundation. Why don't you come with me and meet him and we'll ask together. And so I met with Quinn and Quinn was photographing this house that um, Elizabeth Taylor's money had funded uh, to house uh, women with HIV. They needed some housing and it was just a lovely experience. And I confided in Joel about my friend and he immediately connected me to the proper channels of people that can get my friend care. And my friend was immediately seen by the best doctors and um, the, you know, the, had got the best treatment and now is undetectable and living like a happy and healthy life. And um, I saw firsthand what Elizabeth Taylor AIDS Foundation can do for a person because Ms. Taylor has left uh, a percentage of a large portion of her likeness and trust fund to take care of all the operating costs for Elizabeth Taylor AIDS Foundation. Wow. So, so every dollar they raise, they're able to help somebody. And that was just like, I saw how little it took to help my friend and save his life. And then I got looking, I got offered looking and they were, you know, um, and they, t uh, uh, Mike, Michael Allen took me out to breakfast and was like, this is the part we want you to play. And, you know, this is what it is. And he's going to be HIV positive, but he's never going to get sick. And he's going to be loved, not only in spite of it, but maybe because of it. And, um, we're going to tell a new story. And I was so thrilled because it was like, 
you know, it was all coming together. And I told Ryan and he was freaking out. And so Joel Goldman and Quinn Tivy and some of the other people at Elizabeth Taylor AIDS Foundation were like, how could we help make sure they have the most up-to-date information on HIV and AIDS? So uh, we connected them uh, to AIDS United and to the Elizabeth Taylor AIDS Foundation. So we were able to give them some of the most current up-to-date statistics. And we were the first show to talk about PrEP. You know, I was on a TV show here called The Doctors, where it's a panel of all doctors, and all of them were anti-prep at the time, and I was the one who was for prep. And I mean, now we're in a different space, but we know how valuable prep is to the community. Um, it's literally can be life-changing and and um, just uh, uh, sexual freedom, really, from a prison that we've been in for so long. And so, this, I mean, it was just getting the information out there, and then. And then I think due to that, my life sort of changed in another way because I started working really closely with Elizabeth Taylor's grandchildren, um, not just Quinn and his brother Reese, but their whole sprawling family of all gorgeous, like you can each tell, each one has like a piece of Miss Taylor in them from the eyes to the hair to the whatever. Like you can just tell they're all related. They're just like this gorgeous, stunning, and I'm talking about their hearts, but yeah, and their outer beauty as well, but like this stunning family. And um, they just took me right in and, I got to see the world as if I was a relative of Elizabeth Taylor. And so they took us to the National Archives and pulled up all the letters that Miss Taylor had written to all the presidents of her lifetime, uh, wow. supporting, supporting gay people and supporting people with HIV and AIDS. And um, just like just the impassioned things that this woman had done. And I had been to Whitnam Walker Health in Washington, D.C., which is a building and a facility that she built uh, to help uh, people with HIV and AIDS, like one of the best, most uh, just uh, state-of-the-art facilities and still to this day updated in state-of-the-art and leading the charge for stuff like that. And then when I went to AIDS Watch, which is uh, something that until the pandemic I attended every year, now we do it virtually, uh, but um, it's a period where all of the activists get together and we all uh, get come to Washington for sort of like a two-day briefing from some of the leaders of the HIV caucus in Washington, as well as like, um, I mean, we've had everything from like senators to guest speakers to poets um, all come and speak and kind of rally everybody together and make sure that we're all on point with the same message and the same asks and the same goals for each district. And we get to meet other activists from other smaller organizations and places. And what Elizabeth Taylor AIDS Foundation actually does is underwrites and funds a lot of these smaller organizations, including AIDS Watch. So, you know, there were two gentlemen who would like go into bathhouses and like talk to people one-on-one -on -one in the bath, like real minute idiosyncratic kind of activism that we would help fund. And so, and I knew it was great. Every time I, you know, I, one time I, took a denim jacket around DragCon and got all the queens to sign the jacket. And then we auctioned it off for $2,900. And all of that wow. money I know went to, you know, uh, people who need it. So it's like, that's what's so rewarding about uh, working for them. And uh, just seeing how her legacy can spread, how like one woman who accomplished so much in her art and in her career as inarguably one of the greatest movie stars of all time. And then um, also, uh, you know, uh, inarguably one of the most infamous on the covers of magazines for marriages and scandals and whatnot. And Liz is getting surgery and Liz is doing this and Liz is doing that. I mean, it was all about Miss Taylor. And um, to this day, I can't even imagine what it's like for her grandchildren. I have spoken to several of them where we've just like walked into a thrift store and there's a painting of her or, you know, a, a building that'll just have a mural of her on the side of it for no reason. And it's just, she pops up every every day, everywhere in her life. And not only to have accomplished so much in my, also my chosen art form and field, 
but then to hear messages from people that would stop me on the street and you know um in atlanta or uh, at the cdc or in other places where we've done things uh for people with hiv and have people come to me and say you don't know what she did. She used to come in full Miss Taylor drag and kiss people with lesions on their face and tell them they were beautiful and loved and no cameras and nothing and did it for them. And she would sit at the gay club, the Abbey, um, in her later years in a wheelchair underneath a portrait of herself and just let the gay people come up and kiss her and say, tell them she loves them and tell them they were good. And her chilling words at the Amphar benefit uh, where Freddie Mercury uh, uh, um had performed and where, you know, uh, it was just getting really bad. And she was like, I knew that when gay people were the enemy, I had to stand up and do something. And just to have a woman of that caliber of her pedigree, uh, an A-list, incredible British born actress, you know, to, to come here and stand so publicly for queer people during a time when they were considered a cancer. It's just so incredibly moving and um, so incredibly moving. And also just to see how much impact uh she would have one person can do all of that you know sh she wrote all those letters by hand and it was like well what can i accomplish what does that mean for me like i can still achieve all of my goals which are nowhere near i mean just sheer time factor <laughs> i'm not gonna be able to accomplish all the things that miss taylor has been able to accomplish in that but look at how much she's able to do when she's just one person um imagine what inciting and Pied pipering other people to this mission could be, um, we're so close to coming up with a cure. So uh, there's no reason to stop now. Well, I'm like blown away by that story <laughs> as well. Like that is phenomenal. And there's so much stuff as well. Like, cause I'm a massive advocate for um, obviously educating people within the LGBTQ plus community. And like some of the stuff as well, I'm just blown away with like half of the stuff I didn't even know about. And it's definitely opened my eyes to it as well. And I hope that people who are watching this or listening to this, you know, understand and want to be educated like further as well. She, a couple fought, of things she fought for her friend, especially um, for Rock Hudson, who at the time the Reagans had used Rock Hudson as part of their campaigning goals. They were gay friendly um, personally, but professionally and politically were homophobic. And they had um william haynes who was the first out gay actor he was a, he was a a-list actor who was poised to be even bigger and they were like either you have a fake marriage and get rid of your boyfriend or we're gonna drop you and he was like screw you and he just came out of the closet and became an interior designer and he designed a lot of people's homes like joan crawford and he does he redesigned the white house for, for a very famous gay person an out gay queer person designed the white house for nancy reagan and you know, um, Rock Hudson was there campaigning for them. And it was the first time, I mean, that a movie star was running for president. And it kind of became this big thing. And when he found out that he was sick, um, they turned their back on him. He wrote countless letters to Nancy Reagan. He he had an experimental drug treatment uh, one time, I believe, in Germany or someplace like abroad where uh, if he had tried this drug treatment, it might have kept him alive longer. And he just needed the president to agree for him to do it and they wouldn't sign the paper for him and um even when they died uh they did they didn't acknowledge that he died of aids and they never once in the office did the pre president even say the word so they really failed uh the gay community that administration and i think um that was really like a breaking point for us uh in our movement i feel like um you know when 
when they really started turning their back on the community and that administration, that's when Ms. Taylor really broke forward and said, I don't really care anymore. I think she had this attitude of I've accomplished almost everything I have wanted to accomplish in my life. She's like, I'm not going to just like roll over because I want to book another movie or something. And at that time, it was very risky uh, for uh, actors and and women, especially to speak up in that manner. But she saved so she saved a ton of people's lives. And, you know, uh, she she there's even rumors that she ran kind of like a Dallas by a a buyer's club kind of drug ring out of her mansion to help get the proper medicine to people. Wow. I can't confirm or deny any of that stuff, but people have told me things like that. And then in addition to that, like she just, um, you know, Jose Serrano and her, who is the, the rep in New York at the time and her really campaigned for needle exchange programs in New York city. And at the time that they were doing this, the rate of HIV transmission through needles was about 51%. And with the implementation through their bill on uh, putting in needle exchange programs in New York City, they lowered it to 0.001%. Where it still maintains around this day. So there's direct relations to the stuff she's done and the numbers of how things have worked. And I mean, it's just incredibly awe-inspiring. And then to see this complete brood of her grandchildren, all just with the same heart and fire that she has. Um, it is absolutely remarkable. And um, I mean, I can never let go of this cause until uh, it's over. Yeah, and to be fair, I don't blame you. Like. It's inspired me. I want to do more stuff as well, like here in the UK. Like, and if if there's something that I can do, I definitely want to step forward and and do it because it is. You donated forty dollars to the Elizabeth Taylor Foundation. You know that that forty euro, whatever, going to go to people who need it. So that's what's amazing about it. And they're not just helping people in the US; helping people all over the world in Malawi and everywhere else. And um, it's remarkable. That's brilliant. There's a couple of things that uh, you mentioned that I wanted to. do a bit of a deep dive on too. So you uh, you brushed off obviously the the thing that people do know within the LGBTQ plus community about prep. However, there may be listeners who might not not necessarily know what prep is, and I'm just wanting uh, you to explain what prep is for those people. Uh, prep stands for pre exposure prophylaxis, and it's what it is is it is before you are exposed to HIV, you can take a pill a day. Um, they have very little side effects, some of which are like nausea in the very beginning, but after you get past a couple of tummy aches and stuff like that, then it's a pretty um, normal uh, reaction uh, statistic. Um, so people take the pill and it just blocks the transmission of HIV. It stops people who have HIV from transmitting it and it stops people who from getting it if they don't have it. It's a simple one a day pill. Um, the uh, the uh, Brand names for them are Truvada and Discovi currently, but more being um, made and uh, there should be more options available coming down the line. But uh, in a lot of places you can get it free or with insurance. There's a lot of places that will, if you're, whatever your insurance covers, there's places that'll help cover the rest of it. Um, literally, if everybody was on the pill, we could eradicate AIDS this year. So it's kind of a real incentive to think about, especially in the time that we live now with a, with a pandemic and a vaccine option. Um, they're trying to work on an HIV vaccine right now, I know, using the technology that we have with some of these pills. And that is something that I just really look forward to, hopefully, in the near future. But I think in the meantime, um, we need to really get the word out there. Uh, in America, the statistics are staggering. You know, we create a lot of the drugs here, but then uh, they're the most expensive for us um, because greed is, you know, the magic word. And uh, one 
in two, 50% of all African-American gay men will have HIV in our lifetime at the rates of transmission right now, and one in third Latino. And it's just so drastic. It's, you know, of the most vulnerable are African-American females who are um, who have partners who don't uh, register on the sexuality or gender scale any different, but are considered MSM, men who sleep with men, and are on the down low or whatever they call it and are um, transmitting to their wives and girlfriends. So it's, it's, it's a problem right now, especially in communities where uh, the religious hierarchy is blocking people from getting the proper information or the proper treatment or is uh, shaming people who are on this drug. Um, there's a lot of big pharma places too, who should, who should normally support HIV and AIDS, but then won't support that. And part of that, to me translates that if people aren't getting HIV and AIDS and a lot of those companies go to business because they supply the drugs for people that have it, it's just like a weird, like it's just, we're in this place where people ha are really have to be, have to have radical self-reliance and really rely on themselves to get as much information as they can to protect themselves and be able to um, know their status, uh, take care of themselves in treatment. And honestly, erase stigma. We're in an age where if somebody has HIV and they know they have HIV and they're in proper care, they're most likely going to be undetectable and cannot transmit. It's the people who aren't getting tested, the people who don't know that they have it are the real ones at risk. The people who are telling you no because they don't even care to go take a test and find out. Um, that, those are the, that's where you have to be wary. And um, I think in this instance, uh, education is key. And the best thing that we could ever do, even on a small scale, is have conversations with your friend group. Like, hey, what do you guys think about all of this? And would you ever date a guy uh, who is HIV positive? And why not? And do you know this? And do you know you can't get it from this? And you can. Just having those small conversations with your children, with your nieces and nephews, with your um, with your friend group can, can really be an amazing first place to start. And that leads me really onto uh, my next question that I had for you, which was what can we do as a community, as people who are part of the LGBTQ plus community or outside of the LGBTQ plus community as part of allies or whatever, what can we do to help the cause? Well, you know, World AIDS Day is December 1st every year. Make sure you get your tweet out and let people know that. You know, we have National HIV Testing Day is another day. You know, people are so fast to jump on National Hamburger Day. But then, you know, when it comes to the, a lot of the stuff that we need to talk about, um, it's not as cute. It's not as sexy. It's not as whatever. But, you know, our we lost a generation. Queer people lost a generation of people to this disease. And we have to remember that and we have to double speak and speak over and over again and and, and and make sure that we tell someone, remind them that we told them and reminded them that we reminded them about this information because we don't have elders to do that for us in a lot of stances. So, you know, and when, I think um, once you learn your history, you really start to realize what it means to be in the LGBTQI rainbow. You know, um, the fact that uh, um, uh, black and, and brown people of color, trans people of color, the people who started our gay rights movement, the fact that our, our lesbian siblings are the ones who were there for us the most during the AIDS crisis, who fought alongside of us, and were there for, from everything from nurses to advocates, and that's what has to that's what has to draw the community together. We need to rise from our tragedies, and we need to celebrate our victories. And I think that that is something that um, they're always going. And when I say they, I mean the great they, the hierarchy that patriarchy the like the government or whatever is always going to try to separate us and make us be fearful because when you're afraid and you're alone that is when you are submissive and i think that we're in a time right now where we're we're woke to the fact that we have been being 
gaslit for so long into um, suppressing our natural instincts and cultures and gender expression and all these other things. And we're just in this place right now where it's like, no, like, I'm sorry that we're not letting it happen now and not on our watch. And that's why the LGBTQ community is something like 88 to 90% vaccinated because we just aren't playing anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, we're in this place where it's up to us to, to say that it stops here and it stops here and it stops now. Um, and it's just going to take us to communicate it. Definitely. And you're right. There's an upcoming episode that I'll be discussing about the whole patriarchy and smashing the patriarchy and talking about why we should not be listening to those straight white cis males who are, have, have had control over our lives for centuries. Everything from body dysmorphia to, to AIDS panic to all of these different things all come from them. Like mm-hmm. it is, really, it's not from us. Like, you know, um, uh, I think that it's time that we celebrate our forms and exactly how they're meant to be. All of us are fearfully and wonderfully made. God loves you just the way you are. Like it's time to stop all of this um, bullshit from people telling you what to do. I mean, that's why I have a podcast called Yash Jesus because I was, I went to conversion therapy and I, I don't understand how I ha- was struggling so much with between being gay and loving God and how that was such a struggle for me. And why that should even be a question is ridiculous because it's other people, other people didn't give me God. They can't take him away. And to me, it's kind of that kind of a situation. I always say to people like, what's your favorite thing, your Louis Vuitton or your puppy or the thing that if there was a fire, you would grab. And like the most important thing, most valuable thing to you. And you wouldn't let someone just walk up and grab your puppy or walk up and grab your Louis Vuitton. But why would you let someone tell you you can't have your God? Like that should be the most valuable thing to you. And, and, and our community sadly has let people take our God away from us and has and has forced us from which I think being queer is not a Ten Commandment but it's forced us to breaking one by us all worshiping false idols. We all worship pop stars and, and, and uh, clothing brands and all this superficial bullshit when um, in real life um, that those are our sad replacements for, for love um, a relationship and our family and God, all the things that society and cis white straight, straight white men have tried to take away from us. And I think that it's, it's time that, um, you know, we claim what's rightfully ours, and that is just a full and fabulous life. Definitely. Leela has asked a question, which is, what is the approximate cost for HIV treatment and care? Um, HIV treatment and care can be covered in different ways by different insurances. It is very expensive. I know that you do live a, a, a longer and more fulfilling life in that care, but from what I've heard from activists, um, you're losing a lot of your great earning years, like in and out of the hospital and like spending a lot of money on treatments and and different kinds of things. Your whole entire life has changed. And a lot of the treatments that they do have that keep you alive are also very damaging and hurtful, uh, especially the older ones towards your liver and your kidneys and things like that. So there are a lot of like, you know, um, elder people who have had HIV for 20 plus years who have to deal with dialysis treatments and things like that due to a lot of their you know, I've seen um, a lot of people having to deal with different kinds of medical problems do that. So it's not like all dream sequence. I remember there was this absolutely horrifying and absurd thing happening in the 90s when I was a young um, person in and out of raves and queer scene 
Um, but people were like bug chasing and trying to get HIV because they wanted to live fast and die young. And, and the kind of treatment of drugs allows you to, uh, I guess, achieve a level of like steroidal um, muscle, muscle, muscular strength and things like that to like kind of combat wasting and things that allow you to achieve a more uh, better physique and stuff. And rich, like just so ill-informed, so mm. um, disrespectful to uh, the community at large and what our ancestors had sacrificed to sort of battle and like deal with this type of thing. But there's so much misinformation out there. I think we're, we're so... Um, you're dealing with a generation like anyone who did survive has some sort of PTSD from having to bury friends every week. And I think that we're just, uh, you know, uh, in a place where that kind of thing can get tricky, but at what cost is it not doing the treatment? You know, there are plenty of places that can um, uh, offset a lot of the important uh, costs and stuff for people who need it. But I want to just reiterate that none of it is um, a desirable place to be. We really need to try to eradicate the disease. Which leads me nicely onto my next question, which is what are you going to do specifically the day that you find out that there is a successful cure? I know I'll cry. I I've cried so many tears uh, for those that we've lost, so many tears for people who are in the struggle now, um, hearing incredible stories of people who, one guy got a charge of aggressively sneezing. Um, somebody was able to criminally charge him for sneezing on her um, and not revealing his status. There's a lot of weird things that are out there. And I, I think it would be a level of freedom for people um, I, I don't know. You know, we've never had uh, a world where we were able to be out and safe and accepted and full, all of that all at the same time. So I think it would just be a wonderful world. I mean, you know, there's still a lot of other things out there. We still have to be very careful about other STDs and STIs that we, we can uh, transmit. However, um, we would have conquered the big demon. And I, I know that we are, it's going to happen in my lifetime and I, I look forward to it. Um, I can only relate it right now to what I felt like when we got marriage equality across the state, like those milestones that you only hope you live for. I see, uh, I was just in New York city this week and I, I saw all these young queer kids, like just like running around, like in a way that I never really kind of seen when I lived there uh, 16 years ago. And it's just, I mean, it was very gay then too, but this is different. This is decidedly queer. It's like non-gender conforming. It's a different generation. And to see them all um, just be so free and run around like that, it's not lost on me how fearful it was when I was their age. Beautiful. Um, yeah, and you're right as well. I just thought that I remember what it was like in the UK. I mean, me and my uh, husband, uh, who he's my husband now, uh, previously we were not going to get married until uh, it was legalized in the UK. And we, we, we said, you know, it's, it's not going to, you know, we, we are going to put everything off until it's fully legalized. And the day I remember it specifically, I was at work at the time. And I remember sitting in the back in the office, I had my, uh, had my phone out, listening to the, the news. And as soon as that update came up, like happened, I was literally in a flood of tears, knowing the fact that this huge milestone had been achieved and some suddenly now we we'd we'd come forward like a huge leap 
and you're right, it would never be the end. There'll be a lot more things afterwards that still need that focus, but it would be a huge achievement and a huge leap forward for the LGBTQ plus community who have been demonized for years, for years. Um, and even like to the point of, you know, the when when hiv was uh, was at its biggest it was it was the gay disease um and that was published yeah it was published everywhere within the media and everything and, and the lgbtq plus community were demonized for that and yeah it would be i i don't know what i would do but i'm and i'm sure but i'm sure that your emotions and everything will be a lot more than what mine would be so <laughs> Because you've done so much work with it as well, and you should be really, really proud of yourself for absolutely everything that you that you that you have done. And um, just I think, speaking to, I think the work that I've done so far with this is some of the stuff that I wouldn't say proud, but some of the stuff that I'm so happy I've been able to accomplish in my lifetime. Um, it definitely surpasses anything I've done in Hollywood. Yeah, I get that. I do get that because it, it's more. It's more important. Is is far more important. So I do change you want to see in the world, and I think that that is something that, like you know, um, I thought about for so long, but I couldn't figure out how to do. It's funny because right around the time that that happened, I was listening to, um, hey Sam, I was listening to uh, the Oprah and Deepak Chopra thirty day meditation challenge, and it was somewhere like around like day fourteen or something. I didn't make it through all of them, but it's somewhere around day fourteen where it was like you are uh angel like you're an, an arm you're a soldier from god and you're all these other things it's like and you should be living a life of service what do you do to do you think consider yourself a good person well what do you do to consider yourself that like what do you do for the world like what do you what do you give back what do you contribute and i was like mm, my comedy like i was just like i know that I, I know that what i do is therapeutic for people but i was like am i really actually living a life of service and it's what led me to try to find ways to volunteer, to try to find ways to give back. And that journey of looking for ways to do good has led to nothing but good things in my life. Good people in my life, good things in my life, good feelings, good vibes. Um, it, it's been excellent. So I highly recommend uh, people trying to find a way to uh, live a life of service. The best way to be great, the best way to get what you want is to be grateful for what you have. Definitely echo that as well. Uh, quite a few people who are friends of the pod uh, know that the voluntary work that I do outside of everything else that I do, uh, and I have been quite open with the fact that many years ago, many moons ago, when I was a young lad, um, I was not the best person to be around. I was not the best person or the most uh, positive of people to be around. And what I wanted to do was switch my life completely around and and go on this new journey of not only is that like self-discovery, but obviously be more of a positive person and, and be a more positive change to the world. And so I started voluntary work and just everything just made sense like afterwards. So yeah, I completely echo absolutely everything that you've just said there with, with regards to, you know, giving something back and yeah, hundred percent. What advice would you give to, people within the LGBTQ plus community or even people as allies, uh, friends, family, etc., who may be concerned with their status or may have made a few wrong decisions. It is problematic if I say wrong, wrong, wrong 
decisions. Well, say, for example, somebody is worried about their status or their friend's status or something like that. What type of conversation could be had? Um, or, you know, say, for example, they know they have a friend or they have a relative who um, has tested positive. You know, what what types of conversations should we be having with these with these people? I just think education, 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 like it's really the key to everything. Like just do research, ask your friends. You know, I think most problems just in general doesn't have to do with really HIV AIDS, but most problems have to do with using the scientific method. Just like state the problem, gather and organize data, form a hypothesis, test the hypothesis, make a theory and come up with a conclusion. Like, and I think that you can solve a lot of things in life with that. And I think in this situation, take a deep breath, realize that it's not a death sentence. Like, you know, um, the, a lot of the, realize that you may not know a lot of the things about where we are today with HIV and AIDS and just start gathering as much information you can. Find the best doctors, find the best places, uh, pull, find out what to, you know, um, what's an aggravator for, aggravator for you, what's not. Like, find out how you can keep yourself healthy, as healthy as you can with what's in your reach, you know. We can only really do the um, serenity prayer. It's like to, you know, tackle the things you can, uh, have the strength to handle the things you can't and the wisdom to know the difference. It's like um, there, all the information is out there. There is help out there. There are groups for you. There's an adequate amount of resources for you. Um, just reach out and, and, and research. Thank you so much for, for sharing that advice as well. A very sound advice. You're very articulate. You're very articulate when, it, uh, like when you're speaking, I absolutely love it. So thank you so much for, um, for everything that you've that you've talked about this evening. Now I can't let you go without uh obviously touching on the fact that you know you played this amazing character in the hit film Mean Girls. And the only reason that I've got to bring this up is because a friend of mine who is in the comments, uh, Jay Pearson, has sent me a photo that he wants me to share. And I was gonna share it on the screen for you, but uh, he found a drink the other day and he said it was lush, and I'm just hoping that it'll there we go. Oh, so, what? what does that taste like? Coconut. What does it say at the bottom? Uh, so it says coconut IPA. Um, oh, so it's, a it's an IPA. All right. Yes, yeah, so it's an IPA. It's 5.2%. Um, and yeah, it's called Tiny Rebel. You go, Glen Coco. And he really wanted me to share that to you. Uh, so so yeah. I actually love that. I want a can of that now. Somebody's going to send me a can of that, please. There you go. He's a coconut IPA, he said. Um, <laughs> and he said that it was it was incredible. <laughs> well, so, I love that it was coconut because um, you know here I am in Florida. So ah, yeah, there you go. Uh, so Jay, uh, you know if you uh, if you want to send some over to Florida, then you you can do uh, also send me some as well. And uh, there you go. He's already said in the comments he'll send you some. So there you go. <laughs> Thanks, Jay. Um, but uh, obviously, I, I you know what was that experience like being on that film and playing that character never ending apparently <laughs> <laughs> i'm assuming you never escape it <laughs> i mean no but you know it, it was it was it was an awesome experience and it meant a lot to a lot of people especially queer people of size that i was able mm -hmm. to that movie and just sort of like exist so i celebrate it it's nice yeah it's beautiful it is uh one of my favorite films of all time you your character is a complete icon so yeah uh, i i couldn't let you go without bringing it up i had to do it so yeah <laughs> for my beautiful listeners and watchers of this podcast 
spill it. Where can people find you, uh, the work that you do, or more information on uh, HIV and AIDS? Um, you can, if you need any information that you need in HIV and AIDS, you can always check the CDC's website, which has very current inter- information, or uh, Elizabeth Taylor AIDS Foundation could lead you to the right place. Um, for me, you can find me at What's Up Danny anywhere online. Um, I'm all over at What's Up Danny from TikTok to Instagram to Twitter or whatever, um, to Venmo. <laughs> no, or to, um, <laughs> or to uh, anything, just anything. Brilliant. And for anybody who is listening to this on the podcast, make sure that you check the show notes for all the links that Danny has mentioned and you will find them there and you can click away and say hello and actually, you know, be part of the change as well in the world. Can I have some final thoughts from you, Danny? So this is basically just what what should people be taking away from today's episode? Um, I don't know. I just think that one person can do a lot. So you don't know what you can really do till you start doing something. And at the end of every show, I give my guests the opportunity to give a quote. Now, it can be something that they stand by, live by. It could be something that they've heard that they just really like. Or it could be a quote that they've made up that they just think, you know what? This is how I'm going to live my life now. And I'm just wondering if you have got a quote for me and my listeners today. Yes, this was on a sampler that my uh, Nana had sewn above her bed. And then um, I have, I am in possession of it now. It wasn't above her bed. It was like above her couch, but I'm in possession of it now. But it says reach up as far as you can and got to reach on the rest of the way. And I think what that does for me is that just tells me that like, you know, you can have some God-given gifts and talents, but you still got to work hard, honey. Like, you know, you got to like give it all you got. Um, It's not just going to come easily. Like it's always going to be as much effort as you can put in, but the rewards are so great. I absolutely love that quote. Thank you so much for sharing that quote today. And, and just final couple of things in the comments. Gideon is showing his uh, love for that quote as well and for your beautiful explanation of why that quote is important to you. And Jay Pearson is put, oh my God, Danny Franzesi, I love your work. Um, oh, I wanted to also mention that I have a pod, my podcast, Yash Jesus, you can find at Yash Jesus Pod. Yes, uh, Jesus pod. We yeah. will definitely put the, that link in the show notes as well and put a link out after the show on my socials and that will go out onto Facebook, YouTube and Twitch. So make sure that you uh, check out the info bit on there and you'll find the link for uh, Mr. Franzese's amazing podcast. Make sure that you give it a listen. Ah, oh, And that takes us to the end. I just want to say... Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, (laughs) absolutely thank you so much for coming on the show it has been a true honor to have an icon as big as you come onto this show you are literally (laughs) (laughs) you are honestly i'm so grateful for for you coming into this space and sharing your time with us it genuinely means so much. So I just want to say thank you so much. Well, I appreciate you. Thanks for having me. Thank you. And you are now free to say your goodbyes. Bye. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, what a great episode. Oh, I absolutely loved it. And I hope that you guys enjoyed it too. My heart is still going like this. I still got a massive beaming smile as well. <laughs> it's just the Bye. <laughs> and then gone. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.
That was amazing. Oh my God. Oh, what an episode. Oh, I'm still, this is going to take me forever to get over, guys. Literally, I am not getting over this anytime soon. Although I will do for now, because obviously I've got to do the outro. But what an amazing guest. Thank you, Danny, once again for coming on the show and, you know, telling it how it is. Like, that was a dr- not only a dream country for me, but it was so educational as well. And I am definitely going to be going away with some thoughts about what I can do with this platform, with the platform that I have elsewhere, with the work that I do outside of Spill It and everything else that I do. Um, but it's definitely given me food for thought on the work that I can do to, to help these communities move forward. Next week on Spill It, I have got an amazing guest uh, and a local friend and hero of mine coming on the Spill It show. We have got Debs Bradshaw Blythe coming on the show to end our LGBTQ plus month talking about none other than Pride. We are going to have the conversation about Pride, why it's important, why people should be recognizing it, and why Pride isn't just for the LGBTQ plus community. It is for your you guys, you allies out there who want to come and get educated and support the LGBTQ plus community. It is not a party. It is not a festival. It is a protest. That is what Pride is all about. So make sure that you stay tuned for that. My name is Marcus Wright, and when I don't sit in this little room and make a podcast and speak to some amazing people like Danny Franzesi of Mean Girls, I also run a life coaching business called MW Coaching, where I help you unfog your mind. I help you believe in yourself gain the confidence, and hush that little inner saboteur, that little niggly voice in your head that tells you that you are not good enough. And I am here to tell you that you are good enough. And you can find everything to do with MW Coaching on my social medias. You can find all of my socials over on www.spillit.uk where you'll be able to find all my Facebook, Instagram, you'll be able to find TikTok, you'll be able to find YouTube, you'll be able to find all of my social medias over on the website, including links to the live shows and links to the podcast as well. The best way that you can also get in touch with me is by just emailing me, marcus at spillit.uk. And if you're wanting to support me and the work that I do here at Spillets, then you can do. There are ways that you can support me. I would absolutely love it if you supported me. Two main ways that you can support me, you can buy head over to the shop uh, on the website and you can buy merch like these beautiful a little bits of merch, hoodies, T-shirts, pin badges, and such. And you can also become an official Patreon by heading over to the Spillet website and clicking on Become Official Supporter. If you become an official supporter, it is literally just £2 per month. That is it. It's just £2. It's less than a price of a coffee at Starbucks or Costa or whatever. And that £2 essentially helps Billet keep growing into this big empire that will take over the world. And I will love you all for it. No, but seriously, uh, you know, if you want to support me, you want to become an official patron, I would absolutely love that. Thank you so much, everybody who tuned in for tonight's episode with the amazing Danny Franzesi. What a guy. What a legend. Um, Yeah, thank you.
it has meant the world that you guys have been in this uh, this little this little live show with me tonight. Thank you so much. And until we spill it again, it's bye for now. <laughs>